0: I've been told by everybody up on this roof that they're all off the roof. I am on the roof of exposure floor. Got fire through the roof of the fire building in the entire rear section. Now, remember, given the payday, as
1: you been accounted for, okay? 610V, That was the name day, day. 610V. I'm not uh, here. We got a fire. One and a half story, single-family dwelling. Fire shown from the second floor. Give me a second alarm on this. i up to the top
0: floor. I got people hanging out the top floor windows with a baby.
1: Commercial building, uh, a lot of fire, a lot of smoke. Go ahead and strike a third alarm on my orders on this. Yeah,
0: people on the front fire escape, daily. windows melted below them. We need somebody up there. Yeah, let them know
1: we got a job. I'm pulling up now. Second alarm. I got a one-story single-family frame. Heavy fire showing from the attic. So we're using all here. We got one line stretch, Fire
0: on the fourth floor. Second line being stretched. Primary searches are underway.
1: We're back with another episode of Old School. I'm Rick Lasky along with my best buddy, John Salka and John, uh, before we move into our topic, um, let's uh, say goodbye to 2021 and, uh, welcome 2022 in, um, you know, uh, it, it's kind of funny because we, we kind of forgot about 2020. <laughs> um, we keep it, it sadly. It's, it's like every year now is good. We can't wait for this year to get over to get to the next year, but, um, uh, let, let's just let's just hope that we can we can keep moving through this whole pandemic thing and uh, uh, things were kind of getting back to somewhat normal and then when the next strain came in and we're, we're back to all the other stuff but uh, you mentioned something the other day about um, this particular strain though everything we're seeing on the news if you can believe that about the seriousness of it or not compared to the original one um, it's bad enough but uh, uh you know, not, I guess, not as bad a strain as as the first
0: one, right? Right. I mean, all the doctors are saying it, uh, you know, national, whatever channel news you watch, whatever region you're in, most of the doctors and, and experts on television are, are saying that uh, it's, it's much more contagious, but much less damaging. Much, you get, you know, people don't get as sick. Uh, and, and that's certainly what they've been saying about um, the vaccines. They want the vaccines to prevent you from getting really sick or going into the hospital or maybe dying. Uh, but but it appears that this second variation is a although although spreading much more rapidly. You see the numbers every day right now uh, going through the roof, but very few people being hospitalized and even fewer people dying. Uh, hopefully that information is all correct. I'm just reciting what I'm hearing uh, on TV, but it does sound right and it does appear to be right. Even though uh, you know everybody's instituting face masks inside everywhere in public places and all that, which which all makes perfect sense. Again, I'm not getting political. Whatever your point is, whatever your point of view is on vaccinations or face masks, knock yourself out, do what you want to do. But the issue is that this second strain appears to be a little bit less um, hurtful to the body, which is great news. So maybe maybe it's part of it taking its natural course and maybe a lot more people will be infected or affected. uh, And then maybe everybody will have some natural immunity and we can maybe uh, eventually take stuff down again like we did a few months ago and get back to a little bit more of a normal. Uh, frankly, my whole life right now is very, in a very much normal routine. I put a face mask on like nothing. I have one in each pocket in my in my trousers every day. And whether I'm in a supermarket or in a library or going to a store to buy something, I just throw it on. And like, like you and I traveling around a little bit now, I hope that doesn't get slowed down too much by this. But uh, af- after I get in the airport, I have that mask on, you know, for an hour in the airport, for three hours on a flight, for an hour at the layover, for two hours on the next flight, and frankly, it disappears. I don't even know what's on anymore. I'm sitting in the, I'm sitting on a plane watching a movie or doing something other than the fact that I might want to take a drink or something. Uh, I'm not defending it, but, uh, I'm sort of living with it. So,
1: well, you know what, everything normalizes after a while. Right. You know, I, I always said that about being a young paramedic, you know, I certified in 1982. And then later on we got into the age scare and, um, you know, and it was, everybody had to glove up and wear masks. And I'm like, you can't wear the latex gloves. I can't feel the vein. I can't take down the IV and
0: all this job. And
1: now I wouldn't touch that doorknob over there, you know, without putting a glove on, but Hey, you were talking the other day. um, And I think this would be a great topic for this, this, this episode, John, you were talking about a a new class that you're going to be doing um, for, I think the New York chiefs uh, for our good friend, Sue. Um, She, she's, First of all, what a phenomenal, I love following her on Facebook. She makes me, she, you know, when you read stuff that people post and all of a sudden you just burst out like the whole, that LOL laughing out loud. Sue, if you're listening, I was actually
0: laughing out loud. She makes me laugh, John. I'll tell you what, I think Sue could be a millionaire. I think she could go on the comedy (laughs) circuit and and make, and make big bucks. She really is genuinely funny and Everybody around her just loves it. You know, when you comment whether it's on Facebook or whether you're sitting with her somewhere having dinner or at a, at, a, oh. at a conference or something, she truly is funny. And uh, since we mentioned Sue, uh, Sue Rivoire from the New York State uh, Association of Fire Chiefs, which I'm a proud member of, uh, they have a new they have a new expo coming up the, L- the Long Island uh, Metro Fire Expo. It's in in the beginning of February. It's going to be at the Nassau Con- Coliseum. And uh, as Rick just said, th- there's going to be some great folks out there teaching a bunch of a bunch of Top-notch presenters are going to be there. Uh, among them, she asked me to, to me to contribute as well, and I'm going to I'm going to uh, be presenting on Saturday, February 12th. And my topic is five tactical benchmarks for structural fires, which is which is what we're going to talk about here today on uh, old school. I I think it's a great topic. It was uh, something I've been sitting around. Gosh, you know, you read Facebook, you read you know you you go through all the stuff that, that that's that's online and and everywhere else, magazines, and you start saying to yourself my God, what are these guys thinking about? I mean, oh. I, I was a chief for 17 years in the Bronx, and, and, and I'm not hardly understanding what this guy is either writing or talking about, you know? And I just wanted to sort of well, put some baseline stuff out there, you know? And
1: some of them, John, you, 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 you're you kind of alluding to that. You and I have talked about this class. Some of them, it's like they're reading off a clipboard. It's like, they, you know, it's like, hold on, hold on, let me turn pages here. You know, uh, I, I, I have radio traffic with a chief in the Metroplex, from a 10-plus station department, I won't say where, in the Dallas-Forth Metroplex, a battalion chief at a structure fire, at a working house fire, pulling up, telling the truck crew, John, telling the roof crew to go to the roof and cut him a four-foot-by-four-foot hole on the leeward side of the roof. I swear to God, that's what a battalion chief, a guy running a whole shift, a guy running a whole battalion, said, go to the roof and cut me a four-foot-by-four-foot hole on the leeward side. I wasn't even at the fire, and I was angry that he
0: said that. I'm like, really? That's how poor your firefighters are, or and, you And are I got to tell chief? you, and I know some guys in trucks and rescues and stuff like that in New York City that would answer that chief back on the radio, say, "Are you sure you want a four by four, chief? Not not a four by six and a half. A four by six and a half works pretty good." And and I'm not sure what that leeward word means. Do you want me to face the sun, or do you want me to face the south? You know, well, I mean, how ridiculous. And and part now, I will say this, John. Part of that is
1: the classroom you and I, we do a lot of teaching. We, we both believe in, in hands-on and getting out there and doing things and so on and so forth. But we, we saw something years ago in Illinois. Let me, let me give you a scenario. So I pull up, it's after midnight. Um, it's a call right on the border of our, our jurisdiction and our neighboring jurisdiction. Okay. It's across the street and there's like three homes going. I think only one was occupied. The other two, anyway, I don't, that that being said, we had three we had three three of them going, and I get there and we've got a full still coming along. All right, we've got engines, truck, ambulances, BC coming. I came from home in my chief's car, and uh, uh, so I, I'm a, I, I'm an assistant uh, battalion chief actually, um, coming from home, safety chief, and the first new piece of apparatus for this neighboring department, John, is a battalion chief. He pulls up, and I go over to him. I go, hey, we got we got a full still coming in here. I know you guys are coming this is yours. I'm going to keep him coming. Tell me what you want him, you know, what what, what you want him to do to kind of fit into his process, right? You know, be respectful. It's his side of the street, that kind of thing, you know, and we, you know, and he, I swear to God, he looks at me, goes, okay, I need you to get all there. He opens up the back of his fire SUV. Actually it was a van. He opens it up. He goes, "Uh, okay. um, Get their passports from them. Their accountability tags. And I went, okay, what, what, you know, Engine three is about to turn the corner here. You know, how about we grab that building? You guys start work. You know, I mean, let's start divvying this thing up. Right. He goes, I I need their passport. I went, Oh my God, he's worried about accountability tags. He hasn't even assigned anybody anything. And, and it was happening more and more. And the reason it was happening, John, is we were doing these tactics and strategy classes at the Institute at FSI that we were programming people into being clipboard commanders. Like, now, don't get me wrong. I'm all right with checklists and stuff like that. But when you can't run, a, have said this before, if you can't, I'll say this out loud, loud. If you cannot run a one alarm assignment, a fire as a BC, as a shift commander, as an incident commander, if you cannot run it without a clipboard in your hand, that's your first alarm assignment. If you can't run that without having to look at a clipboard uh, and, and and John, tell me if you're different on this, you shouldn't be running a fire. My holy God, you can so seriously, in
0: order for you to run a one-alarm assignment,
1: right. And we're not talking
0: hit... about and we're not talking about a high-rise building or a no. or a beach community with fire on a 17th floor. I'm talking about a house fire with fire out one or two windows in a residential neighborhood. That's what we're talking oh, about. I, I, if, I, if you can't get that underway, just walking around the scene with your microphone in your hand, then then you should be cutting grass or, or baking bread or doing something else. You shouldn't have the, the whole assignment's lives in your hands. If you have to if you have to order the, the writ tags or, or anything else like that, oh, that, if, that.
1: And if you're parked, if you're parked down the block where you can't see things, you're driving most of you are driving an SUV, you're driving something pretty mobile. You should be able, John. I used to drive through yards. I used to drive, I used to get out and walk down the street. But if I got in there pretty quick, you know, with the first engine, second, whatever i jump a curb and park in someone's, you know,
0: I, I mean, or park in a driveway or whatever, but I'll tell you, you what I've said a bunch of times. If somebody, now listen, some guys are captured. Some guys are battalion chiefs in a fight upon where the chief makes them stay in the car. No matter what they say, they're, they're, they're down the, they're down the total pole a little bit. They, they don't make it that decision. They have to stay in the car. If they made me stay in the car, I'd park on the front lawn. I'd park on the front lawn of the building. To and you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's just crazy. It's unfortunate that that exists in some places. Well, and my thing is, how do you,
1: uh, now you rely in, on radio reports of fire conditions, smoke conditions. I, again, back to the radio traffic I have, John, I have one where there's uh, another call, This one BC three different times asked an, a paramedic who's out in front of the building, uh, okay, so how much smoke do you have coming out of, of the garage area? Okay, what color is the smoke? I swear to God, he's asking what, you know, and I'm like, God, and, and, you know, and you know me, John, I'm not being Ricky, you know, dramatic here because I'm into the data, not the drama. But so drop a mayday in there. If you can't run a house fire without, you know, that, without, you know, without confidence. What happens? You drop a Mayday. You can't even run it. It's not even your house. Jack McCaslin used to say, "Eddie Enright, Rick, it's not your house. You didn't like the damn thing on fire. Calm down. We're the fire department. They called nine one one for us. We can't dial nine one two. You know, the right. public has a certain expectation when you pull up that you remain calm and you do your job,
0: and don't do your you have the best ability? Don't you think? You know, yeah. and so, that's, and it's this kind of thinking, and it's and it's this kind of attitude or culture that's developing in the fire service in different places that caused me to put this assignment together this this presentation together to say hey you know what let me me take my years of experience in 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 the fdny and elsewhere as a chief officer and let let me make something pretty simple for guys to follow guys let Let me interrupt
1: you you for a second let me interrupt you a second yes you for the fdny but you're the chief presently of south south volunteer fire department great fire department i love your guys i love your guys especially the more we met them when we picked up the ladder truck they're awesome OK, so you go from the Pez dispenser, surplus firefighters falling out there, falling out your pockets in FDNY to South Brooming Grove. It's the same thing, is it not? It's the same. These these five tactical benchmarks for structural fires are the same things, whether it's in the FDNY or it's South Brooming Grove during the day with your volunteer fire department. Are they not?
0: Absolutely. And it doesn't matter, like you just said, whether you're a small volunteer department in a suburban or even a rural area, anywhere in America, any state, any region. Right. Or whether you're a, you know, a, a career department with twelve stations or twenty-three stations, so it doesn't really matter. Once you pull up to the, once you pull up to the scene, once you're face to face with a structural fire, you know, with a building fire, nothing dramatic, not a not a three hundred by six hundred factory, five stories tall. You know, with a one or two story house or or, or, or a small commercial building. Once you're face to face with a building, there's really just a short list of I call them benchmarks, a short list of things that have to get done, tactical operations that, that you're gonna have to make sure get done. Now, obviously, you got the crews coming in, you got engines or trucks or quints or whatever you have. Listen, you gotta deal with what you have, right? Just like we do in our company officer class. Uh but the point is, these are the things you gotta get done. Yeah, I mean, and and this is memorized stuff. This is stuff that you you don't even have to write down or I'll have a so have let's a hit number let's a, hit number one. Hit number one, you said. Um, the first one is sufficient assignment, and, okay. and I can't tell you how many times on the way to boxes, on the way to alarms and runs in the Bronx, I can't tell you how many times I glanced down at the computer, or if you don't have a computer, if you don't have a CAD, if you have just a radio system, then you listen on the radio. Attention, you know, battalion one, engine one, engine two, ladder one. Okay, there I go. I get two engines and a truck coming in. What am I going to? Reporter smoking a house. Now you know you're going to a house. Okay, Maybe wait, listen, wait, John,
1: John. Oh, my God. What did they do before they had computers in front of them? How yeah, did they run, I, I don't
0: know how they ran fires back in the old days. I don't, I, I'm, perplexed. They have, what did they I'm do before? perplexed. What did they do before? There was a speaker in the firehouse that told you where to go and just bells went off. And you, had to, <laughs> you had to count the bells and then transcribe the bells into what location it was. And then you had to get there. Right. But uh, yeah. So sufficient assignment, you know, making sure you get in the sufficient assignment is really important. And again, I can't imagine any fire department where the shift commander or the battalion chief or, or whatever you call the, the chief officer that runs first law fires. I can't imagine that there's a fire department that does not allow or give that person the, 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 the jurisdiction to call for more help at any time. I filled out the box a couple of times in the Bronx on the way there. 1-8 battalion in the Bronx, go ahead, 1-8, fill out the box for me. And they don't ask why, they don't ask anything else. 10 4 and they give me the additional two engines and additional truck that weren't on the initial box because maybe they weren't available when I got that call, all right? I, I did that. A number of times, I can't even count it. Or said, give me a full box. Give me, give me the third engine or give me four. You know what? The dispatchers in New York City Fire Department, civilian dispatchers. They're not uniform members, they're not sworn, they're not firefighters. They're civilian radio operators. They are authorized to bump a box up. Oh, yeah. I'll be riding, I'll be going to a box, and all of a sudden I'll hear Bronx to the one eight. Go ahead. We'll get a lot of calls here, Chief. I'm giving you four engines, three trucks, just four All I do is tell them. Thank you. Wait, wait, minute, wait, wait wait wait,
1: wait, 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 that that's the that's a civilian dispatcher that's never been inside a burning that's never had a clipboard in their hand or Absolutely. been to attacked. They're they're
0: Absolutely. actually telling you what they're sending you. Now, listen, some of them, many of them are firefighters back yeah. in the districts where they live or maybe volunteer somewhere or maybe their kids are on a job. A lot of them are related to people on a job. But having said that, just as many are not just as many are just great quality excellent some of the best dispatchers whose names you recognize were never firefighters and you know what they give them the authority they give them the ability to bump a box up based on what they're hearing on a rate on and, a, on I, a home and home.
1: you know me i love the dispatch center i did it that is the nerve center sometimes we as firefighters and cheese beat up on them sometimes forget we'll go oh we have crappy dispatch or whatever well we have crappy firefighters too we have inexperienced firefighters and officers that that make mistakes all the time but we live in our own special world where it's all about us, and we forget that, you know what, yeah, you may have had the dispatcher that's not the best, or learning still, but we have the same thing on the fireside. But, oh, my God, great dispatchers make for great
0: incidents and great things. Right, and the point is, if a dispatcher can, can accurately and successfully bump a box up or an assignment up a little bit because of what they're hearing on the phone, Certainly, the incident commander, or the in route incident commander, or the battalion chief that's assigned on the box should be able to call a dispatcher and say, "Send me some more. Give me another well, one." The volunteers, you know, hey, you have Sapling Grove, call one to Orange nine one one. Go ahead, uh, reset my alarm for all of my manpower. Looks like we may have something, and they will do that. And and so you've said
1: you've said this for decades. We've been together. This all you, we're talking about a sufficient assignment. Number bullet point number one. This all should have been determined before you, the, the bells ever rang. You should have this stuff. This is, John, this is what happens when you don't have good SOGs, when you don't have good response SOGs, when you don't have good box cards, when you don't have good mutual and automatic aid agreements. You can't even think sufficient assignment if you don't know who's around you, what you have available to you, if you're a big department. And, and let me just say this, you and I have said this forever. I love the phrase, you know, I'm going with this, think big. Think big, think big, think big. Th- I'd rather have people stand in the street tripping over Halligan tools and 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 you know six foot hooks, than turn around and have an empty street and have crickets. You know what I'm saying? yeah right. hey, What's could going always, on here? What's
0: with all the rigs?
1: It uh, looked pretty good when we pulled up, so we we got them all rolling. Yep. Well, and you said this, and we've talked about the we have a, we work with a lot of departments, and to our listeners, a lot of departments have minimum staffing. Some of them are the two man, two man engines, you know, with two guys, you know, two guys and gals on there and even more so you have to be thinking big and getting people coming right from the get-go you got to cut you know our response you know we we talk about this you know the response time all right the, the response time everything starts the fire clock begins uh and and our guys in stockton talk about this the fire clock begins at the 911 center when they receive the alarm when they receive the call boom, this is, you know, it's like, it's like the traumas, you know, the, the, the OR, you know, the clocks that set, you know, they keep looking at that clock to see how far they're into this trauma, you know, deal with this patient. The, the clock's ticking. And, and you say it all the time, there's little children and people laying inside beds, inside buildings, the more we can't make decisions because either a fire chief has hamstrung us where we can't make decisions on our own, or we can't think outside the box, or we can't we can't call an audible when we need to. Go ahead,
0: buddy. And that's why the clock is so important, because it affects two things. The first thing the clock affects is the survivability of the folks that were there to rescue when they were there to serve, or as like a lot of people nowadays like to call them, 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 those people who call, those people who are inside breathing some superheated gases and smoke, right? So number one, the longer it takes us to either get there or get lines in operation or get into the building the more dangerous it is for them. And also, the, the longer it takes, the more the fire grows. The condition worsens and worsens and worsens. And, and whatever, whatever the formula is that people come up at different places, that doesn't really matter. You just need to know it gets worse every minute. It gets worse every second. And, and, oh, God. Exactly. And, and we've said before, I've
1: had guys say, well, you know, my, my first two engine was, uh, was still, you know, I was on the scene first, and they were about three or four minutes behind me. Three four minutes to us going to get a pizza delivered is not a big deal. Three to four minutes to the Smith family in there is a big deal. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's uh, that's the difference. Those those are those are those are death difference makers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, so w- y- you say it all the time about they're not our seconds. They're not our seconds. We should be cutting every second we can off our. How how fast can we get out of the firehouse? First off, how what do we have to do to cut our response time, our turnout time, and to get there? And that means being fully dressed, having tools in your hand. You know this. We're both this way. Drives yep. us out of our minds to have firefighters show up who aren't dressed, have no tools in your hands. I don't know why you even went to the fire. Stay home. Read a newspaper. Or, I'm sorry. Stay home. Play video games or whatever you do, because you're not a firefighter if you show up without your shit on and without your tools in your hand. So number one is
0: sufficient assignment, right? Number two is confirm fire location. Now, that's got to get done. Now, listen, if the chief arrives after simple. the first
1: engine. That huh? seems
0: pretty simple, though, right? I mean, you pull up and there's. Listen, sometimes it is. Sometimes it is pretty simple. Sometimes <laughs> you pull up, you see fire out one window. It looks like the kitchen. You got a kitchen fire but not always, I've always, yeah. you know, that was one of the arguments I had with all these hit it hard from the yard folks, you know, saying, Oh, just, just, just dash down the driveway, 20 or 30 feet. There's just one window with fire, one window on the right-hand side of the building, exposure side, right? Run down that driveway with the line, charge it, give it, give it the 10 or 15 seconds into the window and knock that room down. And my question always was, are you sure that that's the room of origin? Maybe the fire started one room in from there and has extended into that room because that's the room that had the window open in the middle of the summer. And now it's venting out that window. You think you're knocking down the main body of fire, and it's really in another room. Right, so right. That yeah. whole thing of identifying where the fire is, by which window it's out, is not necessarily true. And the only thing you can guarantee is that there's fire in that room, but you don't know if there's fire in yet another room farther in from that. And room.
1: for those, I mentioned it, trophy club, great, great fire department. I had the honor of of being uh, interim chief there. Chief Taylor is doing great things there in Trophy Club. There's great people there, but there were times, John with at, at Back then, with five people, you know, on duty, you know, you get the ambulance going to hospital, doing CPR, takes you through a firefighter. I remember we pulled up, golly, huge, huge ass, multi-billion-dollar home, with fire out two windows with two guys on a rig. You know what? They are going to hit a hard from the yard. They're going to do whatever they can to slow it down from the outside till the cavalry gets there. But the fire started somewhere, like you said, and it's not always. And, and you know what? You've heard me mention Chief Tom Freeman all the time, Tom one of my good buddies and mentors, Tom uses this phrase, John, don't, he used to say, don't let the fire, you know, a South side Chicago phrase, right. Don't let the fire snooker. you." Don't let the fire sneak up. Don't, you know, don't trust it. It'll lie its ass off to you. If you think it's out that window, get your ass inside because chances are, it's probably somewhere else or it's in the walls or it's in the attic or whatever. Don't ever let the fire fool you. So number two is, is confirm the fire location.
0: Right. And as, and as you said, it could be easy. It could be hard. Maybe you got a small home and it's fire what, what, out what obviously looks like a bathroom window. Or what if he had
1: no fire, John? How many times do we pull up and we just a building just breathing smoke? How about oh, that? Yeah. No
0: visible orange smoke coming out of every window. Now what do you do? Well, yeah. now what do you do? Well, you can't say, "Wow, well, let's skip to number three then," because you can't. <laughs> you still gotta. You still gonna have to find the fire. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, confirming the fire location is important. And well, um, can I back up for a second?
1: And throw something in there this is where a rapid 360 has to be done and, and john i'm a big believer in the first arriving engine or truck off, or where that first piece of fire apparatus. brass the officer has to get off there first off you pulled up we've talked about this a bunch of times before nine times out of ten you should be able to grab let's talk single family dwelling you should be able to grab three sides of your size up already take a quick duck to the backyard get this should not be like a guy doing an estimate on paint your, 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 your siding, you know what I'm saying? you, you know, just like a primary search has to be quick down hard and, and dirty. So does your 360. Your 360 is the initial officer has to be quick. And John, this is where I used to talk about the chief officer needs to make a 360 as well. You've said it before, things could have changed. I remember making, I remember getting into a, getting first at a fire on Valley Parkway during the day, good fire, I, as I'm coming around the back of the house, Tom Mack, great captain in Louisville, he's coming around, I said, Tommy, it's out the back, right through the front door. He looks at me, goes, really, chief? And I went, yeah. We get around the back, and and because and, I was trying to stop him, like, I got it for you. He goes, hey, haven't you always preached we need to do, you know, I, I don't care if there's a chief here or not. I need to see what, I, you know, I'm the first arriving officer. I need, if I'm crawling in there first, I need to have a good picture of what's going on. So doing that 360 shouldn't it, it shouldn't take that long? This is a quick, quick,
0: quick, get your you ass off, practically, take, you should practically be running. You should practically be jogging around doing it. What, what is our no? friends
1: in Stockton called? I think they call John. Um, I may be saying it wrong. They they call it a rapid we work at a rapid pace, I think it is. You know, they right. call it a rapid, right. they're not running. But there's a little jog. There's what do you say? There's a, a bump in your or how do you what do you say about it?
0: There could be a little a little bump in your step. Everything yeah. everything you're doing. Right? I like that rapid pace at a Any rapid information pace. you collect on a 360 is old when you get back to the front of the building. It's already old information. Right. I, you know, we talked about this before. And if you're a real firefighter from a real fire department that goes to real fires, you already <laughs> know this. You already know this. There could be no you could you could do a quick 360 and, and see a lot of hot windows and smoke come around the front as a chief. And then the first engine gets there, and you tell them everything looks good, no visible fire around anyway. But you got a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of smoke coming. And if the engine officer says, "Let me do a quick," he might walk around. It might be fire out the kitchen window by then. Exactly. around the back of the house. So or, or
1: there's guys that have done a 360 with a basement, and that's seeing any indication of a basement fire. And then a chief gets there and does his 360 and goes, uh, "When did the, when, when did we start having signs of a basement?" Well, I didn't see it when I did. My that I just think. You know, it goes back to Eddie Enright's thing in Chicago, John, cover and contain. Cover the, cover the building with as many firefighters, as much water as possible. Contain it to the room of origin, floor of origin, building of origin. Cover And, con- and that means good size-ups, good 360s. You already said it. We'll go back over. Number one, bring, bring enough people. You, number one for you is sufficient assignment. Right. Bring enough right. people. Think big. Have it preset. Number two, you said confirm the fire location. You don't do that without a you don't do that sitting in the front seat of your fire SUV. You don't do that without getting your ass out of the car. You have a portable radio for a reason. If you have to go back and sit in the car and draw pictures, with your, you know,
0: then get out, do a 360 and go sit back down. It goes, right. it's a shame I- that some chiefs are sidelined by rules and regulations oh. and tactics and stuff like oh, you gotta you gotta get the board together with all the tags on it, then you gotta draw the map on, on, on your on your whiteboard. Uh then you gotta and also they're doing all these little things that are all vital and important. I'm not minimizing their importance, but sometimes they, then they got to select the right vest to put on. Then they got to, you know, and before you know it, not only do I do a 360, I can't tell you how many times I've returned back to the rear of a building second time, or even a third time to see how things are going during the fire attack during the middle of the operation. Don't be afraid to do that either. Oh, exactly. So let's get to, let's get to point number
1: three. Yeah. So that's where I was going. Number three, initial fire attack. Go.
0: Initial fire attack, you got to get them in there. Now, obviously, you got some people there already. Sufficient assignment is you, yourself, and I. You by yourself, making sure you get it or calling for more people. Confirm fire location. You're part of that, too. If you're the first arriving chief, you may be the guy that goes around the back and says, oh, we got fire blowing out the door and the window in the kitchen in the rear. Or you may be assisted by or you may assist the company officers in that operation, confirming. But an initial fire attack now is really just an order that you're putting out there. For the most part, battalion chiefs, incident commanders are not involved in pulling the first piece of hose, but well, you want for, to get that line going. And, John, for those crews
1: that run short-staffed out there, and you know, you know, we always point this out when we do our class. When we do our uh, fire around scenarios class or the first two officer. How many people here run with five people on their engine or the ladder truck all the time? And you get maybe out of 250, people, you get a couple of hands. How many people run, sometimes maybe none. How many people run with four? You get a couple of hands. How many people run with three? And then how many people run with two on their 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 apparatus? And you say it all the time. You could line the street with fire trucks, with if fire engines and ladder trucks. Man, f- fire engines and ladder trucks don't fight fires. Firefighters do. So you have to have that 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 done. So we can sew crews together. You know, if we have to, you know, to make things work, you pull up. Hell, by the time your first two engine officer he gets his quick three sixty doing, maybe his chauffeur is stretching a line, getting on the lawn now an ambulance crew pulls up or whatever you know whatever pulls up next now you put these crews together and you you actually can begin your fire attack fairly quick even piecemeal on your crews together but you're not going to do that john right unless you're talking about this initial fire attack at the kitchen table with your troops you're not going to do this if you're not having those 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 tabletop discussions and you're not going to do it i've said this before if you're a battalion chief you should be riding around during the day going okay if I got, Eddie Enright used to do it. If I, if, I, if I had a fire in that building, where's my water? You know, if it was two in the morning, two in the afternoon, what exposures do I have? You know what I'm saying? Playing playing soldier, you know, in your head, playing tactics a strategy. If you're waiting for the fire to play tactics a strategy or waiting for a classroom, you're already behind the gun. So keep going, initial fire attack.
0: And, and you know, it's so important, initial fire attack. How many times have you and I either had classes or even used videos in classes or even just looking at YouTube for something that comes up in the news, how many times have we seen an engine roll up to a fire, stop, two or three, two or three firefighters hop off, start opening compartments, maybe finishing putting their coats on or, the, or, their, or their SCBAs, or not even doing that? Hop off, fully geared up, ready to go. And it still takes them two minutes, oh. two and a half minutes, before actually get water flowing out of the end of a hose line at a structural fire. At a house that's obviously burning, and they probably saw the smoke two miles down the road before they got there. And that's unacceptable as well. doesn't oh, matter whether you're in a hydrogen excellent. area, whether are rolling in with a pump of tanker, whether you got a 750-gallon tank and you're going to probably run out of water before your second rig gets there or your supply line is dropped or whatever.
1: I like when you say when you say to those that go, I'm afraid of, you always say this, well, I'm afraid I, I'm about using tank water. I'm afraid of running
0: out of water. And you always say... Right, if you don't use the tank water that you brought, you already did run out of water. <laughs> you're you out you of water. arrived out of water. You're right? out of water. I mean, the same result happens, you know? So... So yeah, and, and initiating that initial fire attack, getting that thing done, ordering it, prompting the engine, let's go, engine, let's go, engine, let's go, engine one. We got to get a line in there. We got to report a people in there. You know, and, and you can you can get that whole job moving. Of course, you can even now now remember now you can backtrack too. You can go back to uh, back to step one again when you're the chief and say yeah, uh, you know one eight battalion. I'll call one to to radio. Go ahead, send me two more engines. We get this house going really good. It's threatening exposure too. And so you can go back to sufficient assignment and call more people again. But Getting that initial fire attack underway and, is really important. And this goes back to what you hinted
1: towards earlier. You know, when it comes to those that you watch on the videos, because the proof's all out there, that can't see the stretch. If you practice stretching lines, I've said this over and over again, no disrespect, I'm a big believer in fire-based DMS, paramedic long time. Nothing else matters on that pumper but the hose and the water. Everything else on there is extra. Since the days we had hose tenders and ladder tenders and people pulled them by hand, the only thing that mattered was the hose and the water. Now, I know everything else is important. Don't get me wrong, but you know what I'm saying? It's about stretch stretching line, stretch you line. If you're, if you're an engine officer and you're – I don't care if you have one firefighter. If that one firefighter is not stretching hose for you all the time for training purposes – they should be able to get off the rig and you should be able to put it, you should be able to take their COVID mask and put it over their eyeballs and blindfold them. And they should be able to pull the line flawlessly. Flawlessly. Look up the definition, folks. Flawlessly. They should be able to pull that line. You know, again, watch Louisville, Texas, watch Stockton, California, watch the colony, you know, Texas, watch Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I could go back and forth to all the country. Those guys step off the rig, John. It, it's it's sometimes it's like a magic show how fast they can stretch a line safely, efficiently,
0: boom, and be ready to go. So, initial so we're fireplace. not talking here about hazmat or confined space no. or lunar modules or anything else that's really difficult. <laughs> we're talking about stretching a hose line. Every single fire department, every single firefighter, that, that talk about a baseline tactical operation, oh. stretching a hose line is something every single person that puts on a helmet, got it. I know there are people that can recite what model leather helmet they have and when it was built and what the new red color is, but they don't know the difference between a fog tip and, a, and an adjustable, uh, you know, and a smooth bore nozzle. Exactly. So, yeah, let's pay attention to so,
1: priority. So we started off number one, folks, with sufficient assignment, get of people coming. All right, and do this ahead of time, and you can go back and and, and revisit that and get more people coming. Number two was confirm the fire location. That's a good size up. That's a three sixty. That's getting out and taking a look. That's number three. T- number three we just finished was initial fire attack. Practice, practice, practice. Stretching those lines. Get off the rig, dressed, ready to go. Boom, be ready. Number four, John. Conduct primary
0: search. Primary search. Now it looks like it's way down on the list, but you know sufficient assignment happens before we even arrive. Confirm fire location is a is a mental. That's a that's a mental exercise that's going on when you get there. Obviously the clock is still ticking. Initial fire attack must 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 happen ahead of the primary search, unless, of course, depending on your department. The EFDNY, a truck might arrive 30 or 40 or 50 seconds ahead of an engine. Primary search begins without an engine before initial fire attack. That's just the way we're structured over our staffing and, and, and the way we run our engines and trucks. But most fire departments, when, when people arrive together, an engine and truck pair, obviously we want to get that initial fire attack. And then that conduct or get that primary search underway, especially but I don't, want to, I don't want to put too much of a priority on, especially when people are reported trapped or missing or inside, because th- that's nonsense. When people report a trap, they're just telling me something that I already thought. When I pull up to a house that's normally occupied, that's on a street and it's got the grass cut and it's two in the morning, expect fire, expect victims. That sign that you have there is so true. I always expect victims. Unless the windows are broken, the grass is two feet tall, there's a for sale sign out on the front lawn, no visible so so let me no. ask you so how quick
1: this guy this is I'm being sarcastic with this I guess so you got the initial you got the at the entry core we're doing our initial fire attack how quick are you expecting someone to get in the building? to do the search
0: a search crew a search crew from when they report to the chief now search crew could be an engine that just laid in a supply line the second to engine they just laid a supply line in for the first engine who's already inside with their attack line right they complete the they, they complete the supply line with the chauffeur out in the street then they walk over to the chief chief we just laid the supply line it's ready to go what do you got for us hey engine three give, give me a primary search 10-4 chief it should be under 25 seconds, they should be entering the front door. If the if the attack line's in there already, there's no force entry involved. Right. If there's force entry involved, that should be almost immediate. That should be almost immediate. But if there's no force entry involved, there's, there's already a crew inside. Within twenty or twenty-five seconds, they should be on air, going through the front door with a plan on where they're going, whether it's the first and, floor fire and they're going to go to the second floor or whatever. And some of these guys are so good; they pull up, they got a lot of
1: fire extending up, or maybe auto exposing to the second floor or whatever. And while the crew, you know, the search crew, they're forcing the door, the engine crew is knocking down what they got from the outside. It's like it's it's so the teamwork the you know how they work that together is we talk about a coordinated aggressive fire attack. That's right. how you do it. Get water on the you know fire. What you're doing. The, go ahead. I was just saying, get, get water on the fire, get someone in, you know, now get the line and push in. get in there, start doing a search and rescue, start venting. We got to vent. We have to vent. Well that's one guy around the back popping a door window. We've got to give it somewhere to go, but John, not to play it, you know, down, that whole expect fire, expect victims. I, you know what? I don't care. I, I hear people do this. Uh, you hear dispatch. You know, dispatch will say uh, the, the occupants say they're all out. Okay, well, okay. So show it all clear in the building. I'll be there.
0: You're not even there yet, right? And you're trusting someone who just come out of their house that was on fire. I wouldn't trust if somebody walked up to me and told me face to face, everybody's out. They're over at my house. We've all heard those stories oh. about the kid that came home from the store or from college or. Was, was in the basement playing when they thought he went over to his friend's house. Get your ass nonsense. in there. Get your and ass in there. And sometimes guys will find any excuse not to go in and do a search. That's right. Expect victims, expect, you
1: you know, when you're done expecting, it's just like it, when you're done expecting fire, expecting victims is after you've been inside. And after you found, you know, I, I talked about for years, my four rules, every time we go out the door, you've heard me say this thousands of times, every time we go out the door, we're going to fire. I don't care if it's an automatic fire alarm. Every time we leave a state, we're going. We're going to a fire. When we get there. There's no fire unless we, we the fire department says there's no fire. There's right. and there's nobody in there unless we, we the fire department say there's nobody in there.
0: And it's not Absolutely. unless we the fire department say it's out. Simple. Yep. Getting back quick to that, conduct the primary search. I I even recognize great companies. Sometimes when you see a video or or even live you see you see a truck pull up or an engine pull up or whoever it is that's doing a search you see the company officer walking over to the chief saying hey chief we just got done with that line uh we're ready what do you need us to do oh give me a search and he turns and the one or the two firefighters that rolled up with him they're already at the front door forcing the door because they know that they're going to be the search team they know the first engine's already got the line on the front you know the front lawn and they're waiting to go in these 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 two firefighters or a single firefighter that's with a boss doesn't even have to be told. They get off the rig with tools in their hands because they know what they're doing. They walk over, they start forcing the front door to this house, and an officer turns and says, hey, Billy, we get the primary, right? Doors open, boss, let's go. And in they go. That's what makes a 20, 25 well, second primary and, search happen.
1: And I'll say this, and, and and tell me if you agree or disagree. I put some blame on the, on the chiefs, or the let's just pick on the battalion chiefs for a shift here, or the officers. If your firefighters don't know what they're supposed to be doing, if, you know, I'm just I'm amazed that you could have firefighters responding to a fire, and they have to have their hands held. They have to wait for the BC to say, you know, go to the roof and cut me a four foot by four foot hole and a the leeward side. I mean, you listen to these fires and you're going, really, a uh, permission to enter the structure. You know, is the structure well, viable? Interior permission to go, interior. We, permission we, to go
0: my interior. My oh head my would God. explode blown if I ever heard can, that in yeah,
1: a fire. Yeah, go back to a building construction class and a fire. You know, when you cut when you pull up. If you say it's ordinary construction, you better mean it's ordinary construction. It's just not brick veneer. Know your freaking buildings. Know your enemy. And, you know, we had a lot of fire. Good. Fire's knocked. Let's get inside there. Or let's continue. The, the, permission to enter the building. Permission to, you know. And, and you've got somebody sitting back in a car. In some cases, John, they can't even see
0: the damn building telling them what they can or cannot do. One one more correction to what you said. You said whether well, you agree or disagree. I, I I disagree with one thing you just said. If people don't know what they're doing, if people don't know to get off the, the rig with tools, if people don't know how to force a door by themselves, if people don't know when you're the second engine in your little city, when you're the second engine and the first engine is stretching a hose line, a three-person staffing uh, city, if you know that you're going to be the search team, it has nothing to do with the chief. It's well, all the company officer's responsibility. Well, company that, officer, company officer, company officer. And that's they are of, the they are the training officer for their shift. And that yeah, that's where I, where I was going with
1: if if the if the BCS <clears throat> are not sitting down having coffee with their company officers saying, these are my expectations. This is what I expect. When I pull up, I, I you know, CAN reports, all this different stuff, so, and so forth. When I pull up, you know what, give me a quick, hey, this is what I got going on. Battalion, battalion one's out. you know, show battalion one in command, um, you know, engine five, what do you got? Chief, I got a line to the front door. We got a primary, blah, 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 all that stuff, good. Like we've been doing a hundred years, you know, but sometimes there's some places, John, that actually take the first arriving officer, even though there is a chief officer coming in behind them, the first arriving chief officer, uh, a, a first arriving uh, company officer, pull them away from their crew, make them take command, even though there's a chief coming in behind them. And now this, this captain or lieutenant is sending in, in some cases, a brand new firefighter, or another firefighter, they're sending them into a hostile environment
0: without their leader, because the you're the first engine there. Inexcusable, inexcusable, and, and you know, and there's a videotape out there, Andy Frederick's training days. I've been doing it for years. We lost Andy on nine eleven. He was one of my guys in forty eighty. He, he died in squad eighteen with Billy McGinn. But uh, that's what Andy Frederick's training days is about. He was a five hundred down in Alexandria before he went up to FDMY. And after he was killed on nine eleven, they started an annual training event down there that I've been at every year. And a couple of years, I've, I've. I've hit on that topic during my presentation. And, and they got it on video. They, they, they play it once in a while. I think you could probably go to the Andy Frederick's Training Days uh, website and, and see it. And, and it's me on the floor doing a presentation talking about that exact topic. Who here Who here sends their company in when they're first to arrive and there's no chief on the scene and they stay outside to assume command? And guys raise their hand. and I walk right up to a guy and I said, really? What What, what is that based on? And the guy's like, well, the instant command system requires... Really? And and the incident command system doesn't require any supervision of, of young, inexperienced firefighters inside a burning building? And and don't you know, and I'll, I'll tell you now, don't you know that you can go inside, be on your hands and knees next to the nozzle man and still be in command of the fire via radio? You can be you can be working and still be in command if you're the first engine at a working well, fire. And
1: this no. goes back to what we just said about, you know, the chiefs making sure the company officers know to you I used to jerry wells said it best jerry was a battalion chief of lewis for a long time great guy you know him. teaches all over i remember him coming back on a saturday john from a third alarm fire apartment building and he he comes back and he walks into my office he goes i think i've arrived i go what do you mean he goes this was the extent of my orders when i pulled up i got out and i went oh i go yeah it's pretty cool when they know what they're supposed to do if you're the second engine it really, you have to have a piece of paper in front of you saying, "Let me hey, hang." Hang on, guys. If we're uh, we're second, hang on. Let me see. Oh, okay. We're supposed to do this for you know. no. You should know what you're supposed to do in your freaking head before you leave the firehouse. That's what good combat SOGs. That's what good solid SOGs do for you when they're practiced, discussed, talked, and used. So number five. So the so
0: You know, <laughs> first two engines, three engines, first two trucks. Everybody knows where they're going. Everybody knows how they're getting there. Everybody knows what tool they should be carrying. Everybody knows who they are on the radio, their radio ID. Everybody knows so much. I pull up to a scene, a decent, even a good working fire. I, I don't say a word to the first four units that arrive there, whether they get there with me, before me or after me, they all have dedicated assignments. No need for discussion. The radio is almost silent upon arrival because everybody's going right to work. They know where they're going. It's it's such a wonderful feeling to see things move move. So what, quickly. What, happen,
1: what happens when you know your job? When you empower people? When you train them? And when you delegate? All right,
0: number five, number and five, the last one, last one. I mean, it's, I listed establish writ as as the fifth action of the five things that you need to get underway right away. And and the reason I did a fifth is because frankly, Charlotte. All those other things have to get done first. All those other things are part of the act of developing fire that you have to get, you have to get underway. You can't establish a writ. Number one, what does establish a writ do for you? It takes two, it takes two people away from the initial fire attack, right? If, if the first thing you do is establish a writ team, you're really hampering yourself. You're really slowing down your fire operation. Now, I know, I know there's writ people out there that, that, that get upset about this. Number one, I don't want you to get too upset about it because I, I am a writ supporter. I, we, we, we created writ. We, 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 Right, we have we have so we many great programs it. on RIT. We love it, and that doesn't change the fact that sometimes you got to get people going at a, at a structural fire and without having an established, well-staffed RIT team in place. And that's just that's just the reality of reality. Exactly, and 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 again, you know,
1: I, I'm I'm surprised how many fires I do go to where there is no RIT team. There is there's they, they it's like. Well, and, and they go, well, I've got them over there or the next engine. I mean, they're just so busy. Put And you know what? You, you see it in class. First thing we have to do, we'll t- let's talk about this real quick. First thing we have to do is do our initial fire attack. We have to get water to the fire, however we have to deliver the water, get water to the sea of the fire or on the fire as quickly as we can. Number two, we got to have somebody vent in the building. Number three, we have to be somebody searching, you know, we you know, and, and we have someone in command we got so all of a sudden you're going oh yeah i forgot about the writ team because i was bringing a second engine in thinking about it you know because the second engine's got to be assured the first engine's got a primary water source or another means to sustain the, the attack with water whether it's dropping tanks what do you have to do and then if the, you know once they've once they've, they've done that then they got to be thinking second line blah, blah 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 i mean there's so many things it's almost it's almost like writ and training now you and i our goal in, the, in 1990, 1991, was to get every fire academy in the country teaching RIT. And we did. Well, now in the academies, it's almost like teaching salvage covers. Okay, what's tomorrow's drill We got RIT. Okay, they do what they're done. They move on. And it's kind of lost its edge a little bit. You know, so has RIT on the fire ground. It's like, well, yeah, uh, do you
0: have a RIT team or do we not have a RIT team? There's one great point about RIT that, that's wonderful if you can get it established, particularly for career departments, but I see no reason that volunteer departments can't do it as well. Because even in a volunteer system where, uh, you know, pagers are used and then volunteers respond to the station and then, you know, call out engine 587 responding, 10-4 engine 587. Well, the dispatcher now knows that the first engine is out the door, right? And then a minute later you hear engine 585 responding. Now the dispatcher knows that the second engine is responding, right? A career department, you might send 587, 585, ladder one, ladder six, all on the box. So the dispatcher knows two and two are going. In the FDNY, the, the RIT team, the fast truck is the third truck on the 1075, and they are told on the radio. Bronx to ladder five, six, ladder five, six, ladder five, six, you are the fast truck for Box 3129, 10-4, Bronx. Now, now, and then the Bronx calls Battalion 1-8. Battalion 1-8, be advised, ladder five, six is your fast truck. So now the chief is told by the dispatcher who the fast truck is. The fast truck is told by the dispatcher that they've been designated, and they are responding in as the fast truck, and they acknowledge that. Already done. What does it do? It takes it off the shoulders of the incident commander. He doesn't now have to remember to establish the RIT team. It's established for him by department policy, by somebody thinking about it ahead of time and saying, let's have the third engine that responds in. Let's make them the RIT team and have the dispatcher notify them en route. They're talking to the dispatcher anyway. We're responding. 10-4, ladder six, be advised. You are the RIT team. 10-4, dispatch. Done. Done. It handles it. Now, Now they don't even... Now they don't even report in and say, a lot of six, what do you want us to do in hopes that the chief forgot that they're the red team? They're already told. So let's recap here as we bring things to a close.
1: Um, uh, God, I love this. Obviously, we both love this topic, but we're talking about the five tactical benchmarks for structural fires. Number one was having a sufficient assignment, having enough people, enough units, enough people coming. Number two was confirm the fire location. Number three was your initial fire attack. Number four was conduct the primary search. In between there, we have to throw ventilation, you know, be, it, be it looking at that. Number five was establish writ. And again, these are, like you said, a couple of these are really like initial fire attack and primary search are almost sewn together. You know, sufficient assignment, confirm fire location, you know, a lot of that. So, you know, this isn't like, well, I've got the five steps. This should take me 35 minutes. It, you mentioned that perfectly earlier. This is quick, boom, 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 boom.
0: And if you look at it, the first two, sufficient assignment, confirmed fire location, those are both sort of mental exercises. The first actual tactical operation that's underway is the third one, initial fire attack. That's the first one where firefighters are actually, you know, moving into the building to get something done. So you can't confuse every step with necessarily a physical action.
1: Exactly. So keep, keep your radio traffic clear and concise. If you're the incident commander, you know, Think about what you're saying and stop with the long stuff on the radio. And Uh, uh, John, and real quick, before we finish this one out, folks, fully involved means fully involved, not well involved, not fire out two windows, fully involved, sets people back on their heels. Ah, there's no victims. There's none of this stuff, whatever, you know, understand what the term fully involved actually means and take a look. And lastly, if you don't have the SOGs, if you don't have the the playbook, every NFL team has a playbook. Every NFL team trains all week long thousands of times on the same play and they get to Sunday's game, they still call a huddle and they still get together and talk, they still have a playbook. So figure out what you got to do SLG wise. Anything Absolutely. else John? Things to close it, it up buddy? That's it. <laughs> all right, perfect perfect. Hey, another another good one. If they want to get a hold of you, how do they get a hold of you? chief john salt at gmail.com and i'm chief lasky at gmail.com and as we started let's hope 2022 let's kick it in the ass let's do some great things let's keep working our way through this pandemic i can speak for john we talk about this all time thank you we are so proud of what we have the the fire service has responded to this pandemic Uh, yes we've stumbled a little bit here and there but another thing that we've just you guys and gals have done a great job thank you for what you do um That being said, uh, thanks for listening. Spread the word about old school. Um, We ask you at the end of every one of these episodes to please keep the men and women in our armed forces in your thoughts and prayers. And remember, never forgetting means never forgetting. Thank you. Be safe. God bless you.